Okay, Revelation chapter 10, we'll pray. I'm going to read the whole chapter, and then we'll go back and we'll kind of dissect it a little bit. Our Father and our God, as we get uh, to this place in your word, we pray your blessing like never before. Just increase our appetite for your word. Um, Give us knowledge, but not just so that we know. I mean, we're not playing Bible trivia here. Lord, we want to change lives. We want to know in such a way that we would exude Scripture from our life in a way that would be winsome to others. So help us, Lord, to know this, to live this, and bless us, Lord, here this morning as we wait for the Spirit of God to take our place and to teach us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Revelation chapter 10. When last we left, it was a demonic invasion, the first of the three woe trumpet judgments followed by, in my thinking, another demonic invasion. And you're thinking, oh, nifty, we still got one woe to go. And that we're going to put aside, because Scripture's going to put it aside for now. And these 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14, are, these five chapters are parenthetical, parentheses, chapters, before the second half of the tribulation. You say we're halfway through? Yes. And so chapter 10 is not the third woe judgment, which, by the way, is the seven bowls of wrath. Spoiler alert, okay? But that's not what chapter 10 deals with. Before um, the seal judgments, we did six seal judgments, and then we had another chapter, two chapters thrown in there. Now we're doing like six trumpet judgments. Now we've got five chapters thrown in. And this is kind of, when we get to the, like between the sixth and the seventh trumpet judgment, I think there's a break, but it's only a verse. It's not a whole chapter. There's nothing left to explain. Just let's get on with it kind of idea. So that's kind of like, just for those who are sensitive to these type of things. Anyway, so here we go. Chapter 10. I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was, as it were, the the sun and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth. And he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth, and when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. Hmm. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, and there, that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth, And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up. It shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many people and nations and tongues and kings. Wow! 
we get a lot on our plate. It's only 11 verses, but it's kind of involved. I saw another mighty angel. Now, who is the, this mighty angel? Let's, let's find out. He came down from heaven. All angels come down from heaven. Unless they're fallen angels, then they come up out of the abyss or out of the river Euphrates or some horrible place like that. But this is a good angel. And he was clothed with a cloud. And you say, hey, wait a second. I know somebody clothed with a cloud. And a rainbow was upon his head. Now, I, I said about the rainbow before. The rainbow was given by God as a sign that I'll never flood the earth again. But read the fine print. I'm never going to flood the earth, but I'm going to judge the earth. It's going to be fire next time. And it's going to be, before that, there's a whole host of things that are going to happen. A group of people have taken that and they use it as their symbol. And I think what they mean is, hey, don't judge me. It's a really weird symbol for them to use. God is going to judge the earth again. And he promised by the rainbow. He said, I'm just not going to flood the earth again. And so basically they put this rainbow flag out saying, don't judge me. And that rainbow is saying, guess what? This earth is going to be judged again. And that's what they've decided to use for their symbol. I just think it's, it's almost funny if it wasn't so sad. But this, uh, this, this angel, he comes down from heaven and he's wearing a rainbow on his, on his head. Is, is, the, is it a symbol of judgment? Well, of course it is. Well, of course it is. Uh, and his face was, as it were, the sun. Hey, that reminds me of somebody I know. And his feet as pillars of fire. Anyone read Revelation chapter 1? And he had in his hand a little book. Now, is this the same little book, the title deed of the earth, that Jesus Christ took from the one who was sitting on the throne, the Father? Perhaps, but John eats it. And I think, like, why would John eat the title deed of the earth? So I don't think it is. But it could be, and some people teach it that way. People who I respect, who I love, teach it that way. But I don't, I don't agree. So he sets his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth. Now that's dominion, that's power, that's he's over the sea and over the earth, at least in a judgment way, because he's there for judgment. I mean, it's, this, is, this is a book about judgment. And when the seventh, uh, uh, and he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. Now he's saying, I know who it is. I suspected, but I know who it is. Um, I I don't think you do, and I kind of led you down a path that I'm gonna, now I'm going to pull the rug out from under you and kind of change gears, okay? I don't, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's Jesus Christ, but a lot of people do. Again, people who I love and people who I respect. And if you think it's Jesus, that doesn't make you a heretic either. Like I say, a lot of people are in that camp. Much is written on this person, this angel. You're saying, some of you are saying, Wait a second, Jesus isn't an angel. And some of you are saying, well, Jesus is the angel of, of the Lord in the Old Testament. Many times he appears, and it just means messenger. Is Jesus a messenger? He's not just an angel in the sense of like, you know, the, one of the myriads of angels who are worshiping before the throne. Those angels are worshiping God, and they're worshiping Jesus Christ. Okay, that's he's the object of worship. He's not one of the participants. He's not an angel in the sense, like the, the, our friends of Jehovah's Witnesses, I, you might, I didn't say our brothers, our sisters, Jehovah's, I said our friends, they think that Jesus Christ is an angel. 
that he's Michael, the archangel. That's, that's heresy. That's incorrect. That's wrong. That's something that's, if you step in that, you wipe off, you throw your shoes away. That's bad, okay? Terrible, bad doctrine. He's not an angel. But yes, he is a messenger. Is he this messenger? Well, it kind of sounds like it, right? He cried with, a, cried with a loud voice when a lion roars, and when he cried, seven thunders uttered their voice. Now, before we get to the seven thunders, let's talk about this personage first. Is it Jesus Christ? Well, it kind of sounds like it, but there's two reasons that I don't think it is that I have trouble with uh, kind of overriding my objections, and there's only two. I saw another mighty angel. The word there is alos. It's actually alon. Alos and heteros in Greek means another, but alos means another of the exact same kind, and heteros means another of a different kind. Like, you think heterosexual, different, right? Alos means alloy, like the same, right? We don't have that in English. We say, give me another. Do I need another of the exact same type, or do I need another, a different one? Well, it really depends on the context, right? We're working on an engine again, right? So this, this half-inch wrench is too small. Give me another. I don't mean another half-inch wrench, right? I'm, I want a 916 or something, right? I want a 5 eighths. I don't want a half-inch wrench. Um, again, I'm over your house, and you give me like a roast beef sandwich for lunch. Oh, that was delicious. I think I'll have another. Don't bring me PB and J. That's, the context is I want another of the exact same kind. But that's how English works. But, that, but there's a word, alos, or alon here, and means another of the exact same kind. And that's what we're looking at, another angel of the exact same kind. Two, where is he? He comes down from heaven. Well, Jesus is going to do that, and he comes on the earth. But this is only the middle of the tribulation. This is the half, we've reached the halfway point for a lot of reasons. I'll show you that definitely next week in chapter 11. This is kind of a prologue to chapter 11. And at chapter 11, we're at the halfway point, and that's easily demonstrable. Demonstrable. Yeah. It's easy to demonstrate. <laughs> Demonstratable. <laughs> I don't know. First day with a new, uh, new language, right? Okay. Uh, it's easy to demonstrate that chapter 11 is halfway. And this is like, uh, I say, chapter 10 serves as like that, you know, we're, we're at the trumpet judgment stage, and this is kind of the bridge to that middle of the tribulation period. Adam, you believe the seven trumpet judgments are in the first half of the tribulation? I do, because I think the book is chronological. And a lot of things happen halfway during the tribulation, so we have to slow down, and, and it takes several chapters to look at them all, okay? That's, that's what, how I believe the book is written. And I don't believe Jesus Christ comes back to the earth halfway during the tribulation, well, Adam, if it's not, who do you think it is? I don't know. If I had to guess, I'd say Gabriel or Michael, and I'd probably give the nod to Michael. You say, why? Because his name means, who is like the Lord? I named my son Micah. It's, it's, it's the same name. It's just Hebrew. In Greek, it's Michael. Who is like the Lord? Well, he's very much like the Lord, right? Uh, it could be Gabriel. Gabriel means uh, the, strength, the strength of the Lord, the strength of God. He's a mighty angel. It could be Gabriel. I don't know. We'll wait and see. Again, I think we're watching us all from the mezzanine, which, by the way, I think is kind of sweet. And I'm making a pun to connect some dots for later on. So this angel, he cries with a loud voice. It's like a lion roaring, kind of intimidating, right? And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. 
Huh, thunder's talking. Do you remember the baptism of Jesus Christ? John baptizes Jesus. Jesus comes up out of the water. What happens? The Spirit of God descends on Jesus like a dove. Is this Holy Spirit a dove? No, he's like a dove. And so we have God the Son, God the Spirit coming upon Jesus at his baptism. And is God the Father part of this scene? Sure. He says, from heaven, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Isn't that interesting? So um, I, I think it, it is because for a lot of reasons, but here we have the whole triune Godhead present, right? I, I, I was talking to somebody, he's one of these Jesus-only people, and I said, you know, so what is the, he, he makes the dove come and look like something that's not just to throw us off the scent, or, and then he throws his voice like some ventriloquist, or, you know, no, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And do you remember what happened? Some people said, oh, it thundered. I've heard people say, if God is, why doesn't he just open up heaven and say, hello, it's me? Uh, he, he did. He did. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And people said, is that thunder? How is that? How, how, can, how, can that how can that possibly be? I think some people are so biased, so prejudiced, if God showed up, if Jesus Christ showed up, resurrected into flesh, stood in your bedroom, said, I am the Son of God, you'd still, well, I don't know about that. Uh, You've got to show me more proof than that. You know, if you're, the, if you're the Christ, come down from the cross, right? I am the Christ. I've got, got a great work to do right now. I'm kind of busy saving humanity. Uh, uh, it's not really time to come down. Imagine if he did. Pulls the nails out, jumps, okay, I am the Christ. Well, if you're really the Christ, you know how people are. You're always going to find a reason not to believe if that's what you decided to do, and you judged on that. This is, these, anyway, thunders do speak sometimes. Uh, I, I remember uh, baptizing, and I told him that little story about, hey, maybe God will speak here today, and I baptized somebody. <laughs> It thundered. It, I think it was just thunder. But anyway, she said, it was my sister-in-law, she said, God spoke as far as I was concerned. I thought, like, amen, whatever. Anyway, thunder can talk. Thunder can talk. You hear it talks. When the seven thunders uttered their voices, I don't know, right? It's right here, I don't know, right? I was about to write because John's been told in chapter 1, write the things that are... The things which, um, you know, the things that the things that were, things that are, things that shall be hereafter. And this is one of the things that shall be hereafter. And he's he's diligent. He's writing all this stuff, and he's giving it. It's called the Book of the Revelation. We love it. And then all of a sudden, God says, "No, no, no! Don't write that." Wait, what? Is that kind of now? That gives rise to the question: What was he told not to write? Well. Here's the problem. I don't know because he was told not to write it. Um, go, to, go, YouTube. You know the seven thunders and what they said, or something like something like that. There's 80 million videos, and you can watch them until 
Jesus Christ, until, until this event actually happens, okay? Uh, I'm just telling you, and everyone's got an opinion on but I don't think we're supposed to know. And it's funny to me, in a book that, this is the, the revelation, the revealing. It's the apocalypse in Latin, okay? Uh, uh, cover away is what apocalypse means. We say apocalypse, <gasps> apocalyptic, and oh, it's all, but the word means to take the cover off. It's an unveiling, it's a revealing, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And now we come to a, a part in the book of the Revelation that says, nope, not that, not now. Huh, a couple of weeks ago we were in Daniel, and we can go there right quick. And if you're not here, I hope you're following, I hope you're listening at your leisure. It's all on YouTube. And I think it's kind of important to fill in a lot of the blanks that we don't get to on Sunday morning. Uh, Revelation chapter, uh, Revelation, Daniel, which is the revelation of the Old Testament. Daniel chapter 12. A lot of things are happening. You've got two men, two angels on this side of the river and that. Verse 4 of chapter 12, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood two other, the one on this side of the bank of the river and the other on this side of the bank of the river. In verse 4, he's told, shut up the words and seal the, seal the book. Wait, what am I writing it for if I'm shutting it and sealing it? One man said to the, uh, verse 6, one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, how long shall it be to the end of these things? And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, key, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time and times and half a time. Just for a lot of reasons, three and a half years, okay? I, that, that's what he's saying. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. Scatter the power of the holy people, by the way, is the reason for the time of Jacob's trouble. The holy people here is speaking to, well, it's, it's Daniel's people speaking about Israel. Listen to a guy this morning. He was really messed up because he had saints in the in the... He had the church in the middle of the tribulation because he didn't differentiate between the church and, and, and Israel. And I was wondering how he got things so muddied. And, I, and I, I felt like God was speaking to me and said, because he's anti-Semitic. And, he said, and God doesn't usually speak to me stuff like that, especially that cast dispersions on a person's character. I was listening, I was listening, I was listening. No mention of, of, the, of, of Israel and everything he was talking about was about the church in the tribulation. Because the church is the new, the new game in town, and God's done with His people. And I was just like, listen to her. And I, it. It was it was kind of obvious to me as he was going on and on how he could really get his theology all messed up because he he doesn't understand when it says saints. Here, it's obviously talking about he's going to scatter the power of the holy people. You and me, we're in heaven. What are you talking about? It's talking about the three and a half years. It's talking about Israel. And I heard, but I understood not. And I said, O oh Lord, what shall be the end of these things? He said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed. The words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Now, we, uh, we understand a lot about the book of Daniel that even a generation ago, or two generations ago, we didn't understand. Why? Because we're at the time of the end. You're the terminal generation. More on that in a minute, okay? But I want you to, I, I think you're the, you're the last of the last. Uh, uh, 
we're the last of the last. Kind of exciting. Uh, back to Revelation. Don't write that. Sail up those things. Then why is he even telling us? Because it's just—he's trying to like you know tweak our interest or or get us to be curious or yeah, probably. I don't know. I mean, that'd be my guess because it sure got me. I'd I'd give a lot to know what what the uh, what those thunders say. You know, there's a lot of the book and we know about. And it's open. It's it's unsealed, and you know, at least know the stuff that he's given us to know and some things. But I think what it's speaking about is God. God's prerogative to know, and our and sometimes He knows things that we don't know. Is that okay with you? Because I mean, a lot of times tragedy happens to us. We lose a loved one, or oh God, how can this happen? How can this? I don't know. I don't. I don't know why. God's. His testing our faith is very important to him. His growing our faith, is, that's what he said, that's more important to me than gold, your faith growing. I think the time we grow the most is through these tough times. Is, is it okay that God has secrets that he keeps only to himself? You, you don't know when Jesus is coming back. You don't know the day or the hour. Is that okay? It's got, it's, it's got to be. And we have to trust God for things that are beyond us. Well, let's keep moving. The angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven. Ha! Just like Daniel. Isn't that crazy? And that was at the three and a half year mark. He said, you know, when are these things going to happen? Time, times, and half a time. We're at the three and a half year mark here too. The angel which I saw stood upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven. What's that? That's an oath. You know, I swear to Tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God. We, we oath. When do we do that? Well, we're in court. Hey, you're not supposed to take an oath, by the way. Scripture says that. So then if you do, keep it. I think at a time when we're talking about somebody's life and their freedom or their guilt or innocence, I think it's a good time to take an oath. I don't think God's really discouraged by that. That's an important time to be truthful, right? Okay. This angel's taking an oath. Serious stuff, right? And so that's what proves that it's not Jesus, because this angel's swearing to God. No, I, I don't think it, it does. That in and of itself doesn't prove anything. God swears by himself, because he could swear by no greater. And when is it, what's that referring to? When he makes an oath to Abraham. By the way, it's a unilateral oath. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Abraham doesn't promise anything. He's asleep. God says, I swear by me. <laughs> it's, what do you do when you're God and you take an oath? Who, there's no one greater than God. I swear by me that I'm going to do this and this and thus and such, right? Crazy. Uh, so this doesn't preclude it being Jesus Christ. But I, again, I think, think it's an angel. He swears by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are therein, and the earth and the things that are therein, and the sea and the things that are therein, that there should be time no longer. So from here, for the rest of there's no such thing as time anymore. That's not what it means. It means no longer delay. You mean there's been delay? Oh, yeah. 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 What do you mean? Well, why hasn't God judged? Things are bad. The bad guys are winning. Does anyone besides me not notice that? Why doesn't God judge? 
I mean, uh, how, many, how many abortions have to happen in America for God says, that's it, that's it, I've had enough. I've had a belly full of this nonsense. I am lowering the boom right now. How many? What's going on? God's gracious. How, how, how many things have you and I gotten away with? Come on, you know, I don't have to stand up and share it. I mean, but how, how many things is, and he's just, he's gracious. He's like calling us to repentance, calling us to, he'll out us eventually, and it's going to be sloppy and ugly and just everything that, or will repent is what, is what he wants. Uh, chapter 11, uh, the two olive trees, the two candlesticks, uh, they're clothed in sackcloth. They're prophesying 1,203 score days, and they're clothed in sackcloth. What, what's that about? Repentance. Their message is one of repentance. God's always calling people who are wrong to repent. Always. It's a wonderful thing when someone does, when I do. Even now, when my life isn't where it's supposed to be and I'm doing something that I'm not supposed to be doing, I say, Lord, I am, you're right, I'm wrong, this is bad. Forgive me, save me, strengthen me to deliver me past this. Well, only in every instance, only in every, that's been my understanding, that's been my life. Turn to him for help, and he's like, you're on your own, dude, said God to me, never, not even once ever, but let's keep moving, because I can get good on that, chase that rabbit. And so this is the oath, no more delay. Does God want to? He's calling like people to come to repentance, and and you know, there's a day when the door of the ark is shut and the rain starts to fall. Okay, it's coming. Why hasn't it happened yet? Because of your loved one who you desperately want to see saved, who's not in the ark yet. That's why. But here the angel says, "Okay, that's it." No more delay. Does this mean salvation after this point? That's debatable. I mean, we're going to have like, is this the time when everyone's taking the mark? Because once you take the mark, you've sealed your fate. This, that's a point of no return. Isn't it funny that there's a point of no return? Because some of you guys think like, I know God. I know how gracious. I know how forgiving he is. I know how, I feel like if I was Judas and I betrayed Christ and afterwards I asked for forgiveness, he still would have forgiven me. How does, how does somebody get, well, we'll get there and we'll talk about that. Okay, that'll be in a few weeks. Interesting stuff, chapter 13 of Revelation, but we're still in chapter 10. It's, it's, it's. No, no longer any delay. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. In other words, no delay. As he hath declared to his servants, the prophets. Uh, as the vo and the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again, said, Go and take the little book from which is open to the hand of the, uh, in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. So I went to the angel. By the way, God says do. He did. Always a wise choice. I went to the angel and said to him, give me the little book. And he said to me, uh, take it. And he said, hey, give me that. <laughs> this is an angel. He's mighty. He's like, hey, could you kind of please, please? I would. I don't know. But uh, he said to the angel, give me the little book. And he said to me, take it and eat it up. And it shall make thy belly bitter. But it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. Now, this bittersweet. I've heard a lot of people talk about a lot of And you can make this about everything. Listen, life is bittersweet. Is it not? Marriage is bittersweet. I mean, 
You're saying, what are you saying, Adam? I love being married to her. You're saying, that's sweet. Not, but it won't be forever. Every marriage ends in divorce or death. That's kind of bitter, isn't it? Either way, God's plan is, is his death, but we're not getting out of this marriage alive. You know what I mean? So it's, at some point, it's going to be, that's, that's bitter. Life is sweet, and it comes to an end, and that's bitter. You know, this joy is, you know, um, this was a book about judgment and justice. Justice is sweet. It never happens. It, I, not to my satisfaction, not here in America. Lenny Bruce quipped years ago that in the halls of justice, the only justice is out in the halls, and I'm thinking like, well, yeah. Hey, I got a question. How come Hunter Biden isn't in jail? Because well, he hasn't been tried, Adam. Well, that's another question. How come he hasn't been tried? Where's justice? Justice is sweet. But then when justice happens, isn't it kind of bitter? You don't celebrate somebody going to jail, do you? I don't. I mean, when a, when a drug pusher or a rapist or a murderer is off the street and behind bars, we like that. We like justice. But it's not like we, do a, we don't do a jig. We don't have a party when somebody goes to jail. Well, it's bitter. They're in jail. If somebody's like electrocuted or goes to the gas chamber for, in states that still have that, we don't, we, don't, we don't celebrate that. No one does. It's bittersweet. And so you can apply this to a lot of different things. But and I heard someone talk about, you know, you know, you know what it is. We're we're getting we're getting to the book of uh, of Revelation chapter twenty, where there's a kingdom. When King Jesus is ruling for a thousand years, the law, the, the 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 wolf and the lamb lie down together. Well, they do now, but the the lamb's inside the wolf. But there's going to be a time when they're going to graze together, like we're going to have a lion grazing next to cattle, and the and a, and a child, a little a little baby, will play in a in an adder's den. He's going to play with poisonous snakes, but they won't harm him or hurt in all my holy mountain. And there's a time of great prosperity and great peace when the prince of peace sets up his kingdom. They're not going to learn war anymore. They're going to beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Isn't that sweet? But there's going to be a time of real bitterness to get there. Trumpet judgments and bowls of wrath and billions of people dying. But I don't think that's what he's talking about. Now, some say, well, the book of Revelation is bittersweet. And it is. And it is. How's it sweet? I ain't going to be here. <laughs> Neither are you. I think it's kind of sweet. And I learned things about Jesus that I don't learn anywhere else in the Bible. And I think that's sweet. But most times we're talking about mayhem and carnage and some hard stuff, isn't it? And that's really bitter. But I don't think that's what he's talking about. You're thinking, well, what is he talking about? Okay, we get, we're going to be a couple minutes over. Just bear with me because this is, I think, really important stuff. Let's go to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 2. And if you're not there, just listen then, right? Uh, he's calling Ezekiel to be a prophet in chapter 2, verse 7. Thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear. For they are most rebellious. He's talking about the house of Israel. Is he talking about a church near you? I don't know. But, but, but thou, son of man, hear what I say unto thee. Be not thou rebellious like that rebellious house. Open thy mouth and eat that I give thee. So this isn't the only place in Scripture uh, in Revelation 10, and when I looked, behold, an hand was sent unto me, and lo, a roll of a book was therein. Huh, and that's something. And he spread it before me, and it was written within and without, oh my goodness, within and without, 
And there was written therein lamentations and mourning and woe. Moreover, he said to me, chapter 3, verse 1, he said to me, Son of man, eat that thou findest. Eat this roll and go speak unto the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat the roll. And he said to me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. I, 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 okay, I'm getting all goosebumpy. Are you? Or is it just me? I love stuff like this. I love connecting the dots. I love, it's all New Testament, Old Testament. It's all written by the same author, the Holy Spirit of God. And he said to me, Son of man, go get thee unto the house of Israel and speak with my words unto them. Wait, 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 Adam, where's the bitter? Hello? I thought it was supposed to be bittersweet. Well, let's keep reading. We'll, maybe we'll come on something. Not to many people of a strange speech and of a hard language whose words thou cannot understand. Surely, had I sent thee to them, they would have hearkened unto thee. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee, for they will not hearken unto me. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. But I have made thy face strong against their faces, and thy forehead strong against their foreheads. And as an adamant, harder than flint, have I made thy forehead. Fear them not, neither be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, all my words that I shall speak unto thee, receive in thine heart and hear with thy ears. That is what I think it means to eat the scroll. Hear, hear with your ears. Receive in your heart. Be immersed in it. Is, it. is it sweet? Oh, yeah, it is. It's so sweet. Where's the bitter? You're going to tell these people, and they are not going to listen to you. And listen, has anyone besides me experienced this? You've read the Scripture, and it's like, oh, and God fills you up with his, his, his Word, and it becomes part of your being, part of your thought, part of your, it's in your heart, it's in your, your thinking in the world in, through book, chapter, and verse eyes. You've got Bibline blood. You've got your, your Bible infused, and you love it, and it's sweet, and it's wonderful, and you go to share it, and nobody wants to hear it. Welcome to my life. Now here, uh, praise God, I mean, I, I, would, I would die. I would die horribly if I didn't have this outlet, okay? I mean, I really would. You've come here and you want to hear the Word of God. By the way, thank you for doing that. That's awesome. You're awesome, people. You're just, you are rock stars all. And I'm not even kidding at all. I think you're awesome. It's a wonderful thing. Now you've got the Word and it's, it's in you and it's living and it's powerful and it's dramatically changing your life and it's delivering you from sin and it's forming you into the, into the likeness of the image of the Son of God. That's incredible. I, I remember how I used to be. I tell you stories and I don't think half of you believe them. I was ridiculous. And now I'm, I'm a Calvary Chapel pastor. Who did that? The Spirit of God did that. The Word of God did that. And it's so sweet. Going down to Portland to share tonight, guest speaker. Is that Calvary Distinctives or is that called a serve? I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this is race. It doesn't matter. It's going to be the same message either way. But how sweet is that? And if they looked at my resume and they saw my life, they would not have me. How sweet is that? And the fact that I have to share, but I'm going to work tomorrow. I'm going to try to share the Word of God. And most people won't give me the time of day. And it won't go anywhere. How bitter is that? And there's people who I love desperately, who have my last name, who don't listen. Is that, is that bitter or is it just me? You, you like that? Because I don't like that. It's very bitter. It's very hard to live with. I think that's the bitter and the sweet.
Okay? I took the little book out of the angel's mouth and I ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. Why did he eat that? Why did he do it? Well, because God told him to. But this is, the, this is what we, how, why we take the word of God in. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Hey, John, you're only halfway there. we got more work to do. Some people want to make him one of the prophets in chapter 11 because of what it says in verse 11. I think that's a good idea, but I don't agree with it, okay? I mean, I think that's a connecting of the dots. They don't quite fit, but it's, it's, it's worthy of talking about. But he's saying, no, we're, you're, you're at the halfway mark. We've got a lot more to do. Is this, is this upsetting you? Is this hard for you, John? Well, buck up, soldier, because guess what? We got, we got more work. Now, what's this about why are we talking about this and why is it in this book? Because God could have just mentioned that to him privately. Because I think that's what God wants for us. I think that's the application of this. We get this book into us, Revelation. We're learning. We're absorbing. It's becoming part of our, our DNA. Why? You're going to prophesy again. The word means preach. For many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Adam, I challenge that. I don't get a chance to talk with kings very often. Oh, I talk with them all the time. <clears throat> Who's the king of your life? Me. <laughs> I want to tell you about King Jesus, because right now you're being ruled by a fool, but I don't actually say that, but I sure think it, okay? You'd be proud of me for all the things I think and never say. But anyway, he's calling us to prophesy, to preach, before all the kings, the peoples, the tongues, the nations in your life. He'll, he's he's got to... We're the terminal generation. We're the last of the last. The gospel is going to be out before the tribulation, before the, before the rapture. That's up to you. It's up to me. And he saved us and he's brought us into his marvelous church for such a time as this. Just two things. People fall into one or two categories. I'm, I'm done here, okay? So don't glance at your watch right there. I'm done here. People fall into one of two camps. They don't know what's going on, and they want to go back to the old days. The old days don't come back. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you that. Or they are aware of what's going on and freaking out. Which one does God want? Which camp does God want us to be in? Neither one of them. Know what's going on. Understand it. We're, 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 we, we get it. We understand what, what, uh, what's happening, and we understand God's called us for such a time of this. All right, Lord, I want to get busy. Show me my mission. Show me what you specifically want me to do. Will he? Only always. Only always. Does he have something for you to do? Yeah. Oh, he's got anything. Stop. He saved you for a reason. He'll tell you the reason. He's good that way. You're going to have to spend some time with him. There's no shortcut. Can I tell you? I'm not the Holy Spirit of God. I can't. I know we're all supposed to preach. I know that. But what is your specific mission? You and, you and God have to settle that out. Let's, let's stand and let's pray. And we'll God, I have singing. Lord, your word is good, and it's, and it's good to us. And it's, we have found it to be true. We have found it to be bittersweet. But be that as it may, you know, we want to prophesy again. We want, to, we want to carry your message forward. And we want to tell everybody 
Um, Lord, get, set us on fire. Uh, for, for, you've saved us for such a time of, as this. Now may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.